Welcome to Finding Your Purpose podcast. My name is Meredith Kendall and I am your host. I hope you're having a great day. Recently on Facebook, there has been um, a meme going around that says, if Paul could see the church in America today, we'd be getting a letter. I'm afraid the plight of the American church would not be found in a letter from Paul, but in Revelation. And it may read something like this. To the church in America, I know your deeds and your giving to the poor. Nevertheless, this I have against you. You've become a wicked people, not only allowing the sins of the world to infiltrate your church, but to applaud that message from the pulpit. You've become a people that are selfish and only care about what I may give you instead of who I am. You have quit testing prophets against my word, instead endorsing and embracing all kinds of false teachings. You have been discrediting those speaking my truth. Because you've exchanged the truth of God for a lie and are no longer running the race that I set for you, I will come to remove your lampstand if you do not repent and turn from your wicked ways of following the world. So as cute as these memes may be, or as true as it may be, Paul actually has already addressed the church of today with a warning, and it is found in 2 Timothy. For a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. That is America today. And that is scary because we've got to read the entire scriptures of what God has to say. And he's got a lot. So in Revelation, it was recently brought up in a conversation. And here it says, Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim those to who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth and the sea, and the springs of water. Second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. Third angel followed, followed them in a loud voice. If anyone worships the beast in its image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into a cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. And there will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image and for anyone who receives the mark of its name. Revelation goes on to say, this calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. But you know, prior to Revelation, Matthew records Jesus's teachings, okay? And in Matthew 25, it says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. 
The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all began, became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, um, there may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Also, did you know that this is not the only time that Jesus says, I don't know you? Matthew 7, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from you, you evildoers. He was talking about the people who were doing wonderful things. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons and in your name, perform many miracles. Whose glory are you doing things for? Are you trying to catch the world's attention? Or are you genuinely wanting to find, to help people find a relationship with Jesus? Matthew 24. But about that day, or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field, one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding a handmill, one will be taken, the other left. Therefore, verse 42. Now we remember when we hear the word therefore, we need to remember and we need to go find out what the therefore is there for, right? So Jesus has just told us what happened <clears throat> in the days of Noah. He is also telling us what will happen in the future. And now he is telling us what we need to do so that we will not be left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time that of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have not let his house be broken into. So why does Jesus not tell us when? Because we need to be ready at all times. He wants those who love him, who wants the relationship. He wants that relationship to be a union. He yearns for us to love him, not just because he is saving us from hell, but because you truly want to follow his ways, his commands, and basically for no other reason than because he is God. He wants you to be in love with him because of who he is, not because of what he can do for you. 
it goes on and it says, so you must be ready. You also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and the wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. What has God given you to do? What are you supposed to be doing? It is good that the master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, I will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant is wicked, servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away too long. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of the servant will come on that day when he does not expect him. And at that hour, he is not aware. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. How will you be found when Jesus returns? So Paul does not need to write a letter to the American church. The American church needs to read up, to open up the letter that has already been written to us called the Bible. It was written all those years ago. And according to scripture, all scripture is God breathed. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What work is that? The one that the Lord has called you to. It may not be full-time ministry. It may not be in the pulpit. But we have all been given a job. And that job is found in Matthew, where Jesus tells us, tells the disciples at the very end of Matthew that we are, to, that the job is to um, go out. I don't know if you know this or not, but what is our job? That all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. This is Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are supposed to be living a life that glorifies God so that in our lifestyle, people will want to know more about the God that we serve. It is not about filling our churches up with more people. It is not about inviting people to church on every Sunday or every special occasion. It is about making disciples of all nations, baptizing them as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. How can we teach others to obey everything that he has commanded if we don't read the book ourselves? What is God calling you to do? First and foremost, if you are a Christ follower, he is calling you to be obedient to him, not to America, not to the world, not to the world's ways, but to his ways. And to work out your salvation into perfection until the day he comes and takes us home.
Thank you for joining us today. And we hope that you find your purpose in who God created you to be. Have an amazing week.